0: Welcome to La Casa Blanca podcast. I am back here with O, as planned. How are we doing today, O?
1: We are doing good. Just tired of the transfer rumors and missing Real Madrid. That's just how it is.
0: Yeah, at least we've kind of had a. At least we've had a little bit of Real Madrid to watch with, with Castilla. Um, I know you tuned in heavily to the Barca games. I tuned in to the game yesterday where Madrid tied 1-1. And you tuned in and I also I followed, you know, and watched the ending, which was the best part of the three nil victory over Barca Athletic. Uh, you know, at least that gives us something to look forward to and this team is one game away from promotion into Segunda, which I don't even think they call it Segunda anymore. I think they changed all the wording for it. But you know, it'll always be Segunda. Um, any thoughts that you want to talk about from the, from either the Barca Athletic game or just Castilla in general?
1: Um, I mean, the first leg was exciting. Um, we started off really well, but then. It all went downhill. I showed you the goals that um, Luis. I think his name is Luizmi. Um He's Barcelona's right winger, and he's got a killer left foot. He um, scored two bangers, and and we lost that game. And we needed to score. We needed to win it by at least two goals in in the second leg in order in order to um, to advance. And we did exactly that. It's, it's just the Real Madrid DNA, really. Um, uh, players went into that game knowing that they could easily come back. They did play on a favor that they played the second leg at home. Um, I mean, the atmosphere honestly reminded me of the Man City game. Um, Goal in the Iker Bravo. I mean, he scored a goal early on, which really helped us. But then, kind of, things kind of took a a slow turn, and Barcelona started attacking us, and we almost didn't see it that we didn't. Thank God. Um, and then Iker Bravo came on, and he scored. He scored the the goal that really mattered, because we were two nil up. And that's exactly what we needed to advance. Um and honestly, like I'm happy that it was Ico Bravo out of all the players that scored basically the winner because he got abused in the first in, in the first leg by huh. Barcelona fans because you yeah. know, he's ex La Masia. and Um yeah, when when you move from La Masia... To Real Madrid, even if he even if you play for Leverkusen, in after you know leaving La Masia, Barcelona fans are still gonna abuse you because they hate Real Madrid more than well, anything really.
0: Huh. It's wild too because he's he's essentially like a Madridista, like you can tell, like he's out here kissing the badge and like you know celebrating. He's running to the fans, celebrating when he scored. It was just. For a guy that grew up in La Masia, it's kind of weird to see that he was never really like—he's not really your typical Barcelona player either. And their, you know, their fans were—you know, when he was warming up, they were chanting at him, and then they started doing Tonto, to So you know, they were really doing everything to make, you know, to make him feel like he was an idiot, and he just shut him up so fast, kissed the badge after he scored, you know, celebrated like a madman, and you know, made their fans feel silly themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a great goal, too. I mean, it was a great cross. It was a great header. The goalkeeper could do absolutely nothing about it. And then Sergio Arribas came on, and he scored a third goal from a pen, which, you know, Barcelona fans, you know, they complained that it wasn't a pen, but you could clearly see that the Barcelona defender was basically playing handball he, he he pushed the ball away with his hand in the penalty box. That's a pen. I mean, there's really no discussion about it. It was a pen. It was a clear pen. And then Arriba scored because he is a big game player. And that is exactly what you saw in last night's game when he came on. And, you know, five minutes later, he, he scored the equalizer. And he's just, Arriba is a cheat code for Castilla because he's so much better than everyone else at that level, which is exactly why Castilla needs to go to Segunda, because, you know, if Arriba stays on the off chance that he does, I doubt it, because he's good enough to play for a first team in La Liga, that's for sure, Um, but if he does, I mean, at least he'll be playing in Segunda, which is, um, at least he'll face some competition, he's just He's di- he's a different breed from everyone else, um, and I believe that everyone at the club knows it too. Uh, I mean, I would love for Arivas to to get some game time with the first team. I mean, he's basically his debut. It wasn't really his debut, but you know, one of the first like three games that he played, you know, last season at the Club World Cup, Karlan Shilata gave him one minute, and he or <laughs> and he scored it. Like he, he he gave him one minute and he scored a fucking goal. Um he's he's just a very special player and I hope that he starts in in the in the second leg, uh, in the final because he's he's very important for, for uh for for Castilla, but he's been he's been injured and you know, he's been facing some fitness issues, which is why he was on the bench against Barcelona, which is why he was he was on the bench la- last night. But yeah, you know, I hope just I hope he starts the next game because He's he's crucial focus, yeah. So and so is Nico Paz. Both players. are that's, a, that's what I was
0: gonna go to next is just, you know, I want to talk about Nico Paz a little bit. But also something that I feel like needs to be mentioned was that Dotor header was just amazing. I mean out of the three goals, out of honestly, that might have been that was such a tough header to hit. Like he hit it from like the eighteen yard box. He Put it perfectly towards the net and the, like floated over the keeper. It was just insane. It might have been the best header I've ever seen in my life. And then Iker Bravo comes up and gets it's wild because Iker Bravo jumps up and gets almost just as good. I mean, a Cristiano esque header. You know, like that was stuff that we used to see from Cristiano. Like you know, a little bit deeper, lots of power, like placed perfectly. I mean, just just incredible by both the tour and Iker Bravo. And then Ariba steps up.
1: Speaking of Dottor, in the first leg, uh, Castilla got a pen. I mean, I, I I guess I I sent you the video. Castilla got a pen, and Barcelona fans and their goalkeepers started cursing at Dottor because he was doing uh, taking taking the pen, and his go- their goalkeeper was being an idiot, and you know he was trying to distract Dottor, and and he stopped
2: a side right
1: where the goalkeeper went, and still went in. And Dottor just stood there looking at the goalkeeper and looking at the Barcelona fans as if he's telling them, you know, yeah, I am that good. Because, dude, I mean, whether you play for Castilla or the first team playing against Barcelona in Catalonia at their stadium, it's still a big game, right? These players feel it. These players feel the hate and the aggression between Uh, both teams and both clubs. So for him to just stand there and just telling the Barcelona fans to go fuck themselves, honestly, that was, that showed character. That, that is exactly why we came back in the second, in second leg because these players just knew exactly what they were facing and what, and they, they, they really want promotion. I mean, this is probably the most talented group of, of players from Castilla that we have ever seen, collectively speaking.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're probably rivaled with the team that got uh, automatic promotion with Danny Carvajal, Lucas Vasquez, Marata, that whole group. Um, but I was about to say, you know, with this group, there's a lot of guys that, that should be on the first team in the future. Or at least have a... Uh, have a reason to get a shot at the first team. I would say Dotor, I would say Nico Paz. I would say Alvaro. I would say Arribas. I would say Icar Bravo. I would say Rafa Marine. And, you know, um, I don't know if I already said Dotor as well because he's really good. He's a good leader. Um, and also, I think Aranda with the Arribas penalty, it looked like he was going to take it and he made everyone think that he was going to take it. And maybe this was because of the first leg with the um, Dotor, you know, with them talking and talking and talking. To Dotor, you know, maybe Aranda stood there and he, you know, because it kind of looked like, you know, him and Arribas were talking and then, you know, Arribas didn't really put up much of a fight and you're kind of like, all right, well, I think it wasn't I'm to speak. It was like two weeks ago now, but, you know, and then he just, they're about to go and he's like, all right, here you go, Arribas. And like, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, selfishness, you know, this is kind of what, these are the Real Madrid values that, you know, we, we expect, we see and, you know, that's part of the reason which makes this team so successful. Um, and Nico Paz does it a lot, does it a lot quietly. Um, he's essentially playing as like a 10 uh, or like an SS role with Alvaro. And, you know, he just, he, he looks like he's got a bright, a bright future too. And unfortunately, you know, he'll probably never get a shot, especially because, you know, our boy Danny Ceballos renewed. Um, And, you know, if he was to get a shot, it would probably, he'd probably be like six midfielder at this point because, you know, you got the likes of, you know, Bellingham, Fede, Cruz, Modric, Ceballos, you know, and then you expect Cruz, Modric to get going. And then, you know, Fede, Kamavinga, Bellingham, Chuameni, Ceballos are already, what's that, four, five? That's already five midfielders right there. Um, but, you know, I digress. I, I do want to talk about uh, Iker Brava really has kind of got the short end of the stick under Raul. And it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But I'm not really in training. But, you know, he really looks to be the player that we all thought he was when he signed. And it just kind of it's weird to not really see him bear the fruits. And it just kind of seems like Raul doesn't really like him or his game, but his game seems to translate better to Real Madrid, Real Madrid's nine than someone like, you know, Alvaro, for example, who just seems to be like, an, you know, like an out-and-out nine, while Iker Bravo kind of seems to be a better, well-rounded nine in a sense. Um, And, you know, looks like Carlo hasn't really called Iker Bravo up either, but it's not like Iker Bravo's been playing a lot, so it must be hard to you know, call him up when Alvaro has been getting all the playing time. Um, Do you have any thoughts about Iker Bravo? And, you know, maybe if Raul leaves and Arbaloa takes over, you know, maybe Arbaloa likes Iker Bravo more because we know he's staying for another year. So it seems that everybody around Iker Bravo's camp is pretty happy with how it's gone at Real Madrid, except for his playing time. Like, he seems happy. He's staying another year we so we got him on another loan with a 10 million dollar to buy option you know it just all seems gravy good however whatever you want to say but you know as an outsider looking in it doesn't seem that way but you know the actions always speak louder than the words so do you have any thoughts about Iker Bravo um
1: yeah i mean i agree he's he's more of a real Madrid striker than navarro is um i I mean, Ike Bravo is very well rounded. He's he's off the ball movement. is pretty good. He can take free kicks, he's got a mean shot, he's got a he's good in the air. He's he's a he's a great striker. I mean, there's a reason why we want to keep it for another year when, you know, we don't we don't, we didn't even activate or negotiate for another year for for example, Vinicius Tobias was Um, Um but He's just a great player, and I hope that Raúl will give him a chance next year because I see him as a player who can succeed with the uh, with the first season, especially under the current circumstances where you have Benzema who left, and you know the only striker that you're actually getting for the moment is Jose Liu. so
0: which I'm okay with as a striker. I prefer someone else, but I think Jose is very I think our fan base is underrating how good Jose Lu actually is.
1: But I mean my pr- my problem is Jose Lu would be a good striker, but he's he was bought well, we presume that he would be bought as a, backup, a backup, not yeah. not as a main striker. And not that he can't succeed as a main striker, but the fact is we play for way too many um, competitions and too many trophies to depend on one striker who's basically... You know, who, who's been in a La Liga bubble for for many years. And I don't think he's even played in the Champions League in his life. Um, So, I don't know. We're too big of a club to rely on a player like that. I love whos liu. I think he's a great striker, but definitely not as a... As a as a number one striker,
0: you can't expect he, to have Jose Luis your nine and then to go and win the Champions League.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe that's exactly what they want. Maybe they just want to sacrifice this season to wait for Mbappe or Holland for next year. Which you know,
0: is stupid. I get, you can't sacrifice the season of Vinicius. You can't sacrifice the season of Bellingham. You're sacrificing, and really, the problem is you're sacrificing a season of David Alaba. Tony, you know, these guys that maybe only have like two, three years left, maybe even only one year left, you know, with Tony Cruz, David. you know, we don't know David Alba's got injured a lot this past year. You know, maybe he, only get, maybe he only has one more year left in the tank, you know, we don't really know. Um, So I think, I think the club's smarter than that, than to tank for a season. I don't believe the rumors that we're done, that we're done in the market. I don't believe those rumors. I don't think is that stupid.
1: I, mean, I don't think Florentino's that stupid either. It's just, <laughs> I just don't really want to wait for Mbappe. I don't really want to wait for Holland. But I, I also am not a big fan of buying Harry Kane. Me neither. either. neither. I was a big fan of signing Kyle kind of Havertz, but apparently Chelsea won crazy money, which yeah. he, it's not really worth it. So, I don't know. Plans change. And in this case, plans have changed because at the beginning, we were pretty sure. I mean, we were pretty certain that we were going to sign Havertz. We heard that we, it was a, basically a closed deal and Ramajiri was going to go all in for him. and then. Nothing, we just pulled out.
0: Yeah, the price. And is that,
1: way... yeah, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> we didn't even push. We didn't even push. We didn't even negotiate. So they just well, named the price and we're else... not really going to pay that.
0: I don't really think we expect anyone else to be in the market for Kai. But then Arsenal came out of nowhere, and you know we're not going to get into a bidding war for Kai Havertz. And that's honestly, I don't have a problem with not getting in a bidding war for Kai Havertz. Um, That being said, you know, I don't love Kane, but I've kind of come around to the idea of, you know, Kane for four years, you know, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. You know, strikers pop up every so often, you know, maybe it, maybe it kind of shows Mbappe like, hey, we're not waiting for
1: you. I don't want him, but. Uh, The problem is, who else? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who else yeah, that's the problem. There's just fucking um, no one. Like, it's either the, the, a fucking toxic little Frenchman or no one. Or yeah. an Englishman who de- – I don't even know if he wants to come. That's the problem with my – that's my problem with Kane. Does he actually want to come? If he, would he push? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's too obsessed with breaking Alan Shearer's um, – Record as the well, and then we
0: get linked with Victor Oshiman, who I'm a huge fan of, but not for a hundred and they're asking for like 150, 180 mil. Like, I'm not paying that for him. Like, I'll give you 80, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, 80 he, plus for Mindy, I'd give you 80 plus a ton of different variables. Like, I'll give you 80 plus 50 in variables. I really would, like, you know, like Bondi or like here's five mil if we win a Champions League and he scores ten goals, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 we had the variables for Hazard. We had to fucking give Chelsea, like, five mil for winning the Champions League, even though, like, Hazard didn't do anything. Um,
1: I mean, It was just... The transfer market, you know, we still have two months left. Maybe something could change, but, you know, with the Mbappé rulers and him, you know, it, we don't I'm just, We don't fully know if it's a game. We know from close sources to the club that there's contact between Florentino and Mbappé. We know that. And these contacts um, happened right before... his letter got leaked, right? And before all the problems with PSJ happened. So does that mean that Mbappe wants to come this year, but he's just putting pressure on PSJ so that they would let him go so that it would be their idea, and then, you know, maybe they would have easier negotiations with us because we know that us and PSJ have bad blood? Or is he simply just playing games because he wants... A bigger contract. Because that's all I've been getting from what he's been saying. Right? He's been saying, no, I want to stay at PSJ. I want to run down my contract. I want to blah, blah, blah. A lot can happen in a year. Dude, I mean, I, don't, I really don't understand. Because now we have just two opposing situations, right? Like, a couple of years ago, it was PSJ don't want to sell. But Mbappe wants to leave. Now it's PSJ want to sell because they want to get rid of him. But he wants to stay for an extra year. That is insane to me. How things just fucking change. And still, and still, and still. He's not really pushing to come. Which is a massive red flag for me.
0: Yeah, I just... I... I think that... Mbappe should be a no-go for anyone. Um... Just cause he's just not worth it for me. He's cancerous and all that. But you know, the problem is, is there really anyone else on the market that is worth it? Um, so I looked up Victor Oshaman's, uh value. He's valued at 120. So I think honestly, if they asked for 120, I'd probably do it just cause he's so young, but he's not the kind of nine that we're looking for. And also like, Dude, let's be honest, there isn't really a nine that we're looking for that is of quality for Real Madrid. Like, like I hate to say it, but Mbappe as a nine isn't the answer. Like, his hold-up play isn't good. He Will him and Vinicius play well together? Sure. But his hold-up play isn't good, you know, which helps Vinicius and Rodrigo. Rodrigo's going to tuck in. You know, we're going to have three guys. All It's going to be the same exact problems that I had with... Green Benzema playing as the nine, you know, like we're going to have no box presence. We're only going to play well when we counterattack. And how do we counterattack against Fatafe? How do we counterattack against fucking, um, you know, Villarreal? Actually, Villarreal is a bad example because they have set the end now. But how do we counterattack against Valencia? How do we counterattack against, you know, all these teams that are going to sit into a low block? We can't. How are we going to counterattack against Atletico? You know, and though I think an Mbappe, Rodrigo, Vinicius front three would cook in Champions League, I don't think that's going to win us La Liga titles. And you know, right now, something that we need to focus on is, I I personally believe is making this gap bigger between us and Barcelona for La Liga titles, and the fact that we've what won- we've had. Three different champions in three years, it's not good for us. It's not a good look for us. We need to be winning champ we need to be winning La Liga titles every single year. No questions asked. We're Real Madrid. We need to open this gap with Barcelona. You know, Barcelona has dominated us in the league from two let's just say two thousand to now. They've won more league titles than us. Kareem Benzema literally has more Champions League titles with Real Madrid than he has league titles. That's embarrassing. I wanna open up this gap way more. We have thirty five. I want it to be like 50 by the time Vinicius is gone. And I, I think that's fair to want that. Because Vinicius is, what, 22, 23? Okay, maybe not maybe not 15 league titles, but you know what I mean, 45. I want Vinicius to have more league titles than he has Champions Leagues. I want Vinicius to have, like, six Champions Leagues. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's really no excuse to, have, to not have a gap in La Liga, but... I mean, I guess that's why you need to play La like Cruzio on the bench. I mean, I agree. because he's just, he's just like we, like we said on the previous podcast. He's just a player who knows La Liga probably better than Mbappe himself. He would be better in La Liga, probably better than Harry Kane or Erling Haaland to start, I guess. But. He, He's just, he's just a that, bad that type of player. La Liga just demands a specific type of player that Huzulu just is. I mean, we are, Real Madrid are the club that Huzulu scored against the most. That's, that's, not a lot of players can actually say that. Not a lot of players can actually say that the most goals that they've scored in their career, not not the most goals, the club they scored against more the most in their career is actually the biggest club of all time. So and that is for people who think that he's shit, he's not shit. He just scored a he scored a just he scored the winner against what what which which country which 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 nation um, Spain played against him yeah, against Italy. He's, yeah, he scored the winner in the ninety uh, ninety six maybe? Was it ninety six? I don't. I don't remember. I don't. Know. In the last, in the last minute of the last minute of the of the game, he scored the winner uh, against Italy to take Spain into the <laughs> UEFA Nations League final, which is you know tonight against Croatia. The Lukkumadž who so I, I I really hope that he gets it. Um, but yeah, that's the type of player that Hui is. He ha, he ha, he's made three appearances with, uh, Spain. He has three goals. That's a goal for each international heroes that he's made. So he's not some bum. That's what people need to yeah. understand. But yeah, it's just we do really need a top uh striker up top. So and I was no, yeah, I can was can just gonna say, go. I mean, Benzema really fucked us and that is a fact. So people need to stop shying away from that. He really did fuck us because he had his he fake one more year.
0: Let's be honest too.
1: Yeah, but had he had he stayed just one more year until 2024, it would have been so much easier. So many things would have been clearer. You got you, you had a, a Holland release clause get triggered. You had a, maybe Mbappe would have made on a free instead of just having to wait for his fucking drama for an entire summer once again. Just things would have been so so much simpler, but. I wish so we could yeah. get like
0: a nine, like a good nine on like loan, but who would do, who would agree to that? No one would.
1: Like,
0: a, like who? That's the thing. Like, who is an example? Like, like who would you take them? Like, who would give up a good striker on loan? I don't know. I would take literally any good striker on loan, you know, for one year, but that's not optimal. We can't, we can't sit around and continue to wait for Mbappe. Um, but to transition this to something else, like, how would you feel as Rodrigo as the nine? I Me too. Don't like it. He's don't not want a nine. It. no. He's not a nine. People that say and people that say that he's a nine is I don't know what they're watching. People that say he's a ten, I don't know what they're watching either. I actually think Rodrigo is quite good on the right wing. I. Um, what if we got Richarlison on alone? How would you nope. feel about that? No, nope, wouldn't do it. No. I Me mean, neither. I don't think Rchardson's I mean, good, but Vinicius and Rodrigo is, do play I mean, with him for
1: Brazil. That's the only. Yeah, part. but the, the problem is, I mean, he would have the same Harry Kane problem. Daniel Levy would not let him go on a loan either way, and nope. he's definitely not good to be bought. And he'll ask, he'll ask for like eighty mil for, um, for some reason, just because he's just he's that type of person. He's, a, he's fucking toxic. which is the Same reason why he he won't negotiate for Harry Kane, where he's asking for big money. he's just not a good person
0: to negotiate with no ah. um what about mohammed salah comes in plays right wing rodrigo as the nine still a no
1: mm. i mean no for different reasons
0: okay. i was just curious <laughs> i'm just trying to get um because you know if all things fall through i like kulu moani a lot but I'm not sure if he's worth a hundred mil. Actually, I'm not sure. I know he's not worth a hundred million. If they were like, "Hey, sixty mil," I'd be like, "Bring him in." Hi, Havers for sixty mil. I'd say bring him in. Um, who else is a striker on the market? Victor Osaman, If for eighty mil, I'd say bring him in. You know, I just don't think the Premier League has. Jude Bellingham is worth what do we pay one one ten plus variable? I don't know, but Bellingham's worth whatever we paid. Um, I can't even tell you if uh, who is worth what. I don't even know what strikers are on the market. Uh, Vlahovic. Jonathan David. Thurman. Marcus Thurman. Would you take Marcus Thurman? Isn't he on a free?
1: He is, but I wouldn't. He's just... Not that good. I don't think yeah. I think
0: I like Marcus Thurin a lot. You know Hamas Rodriguez is a free agent, we should sign him. Striker, Hamas. Who? Hamas Rodriguez.
1: <laughs> Dude. No. <laughs> That's a no from me.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously. I was being sarcastic. Um, I'm looking at yeah. every free agent right now. I don't even see. What about Gonzalo Ramos?
1: He's Patrick against Denmark. Uh, I think. Yeah. Was it, like was it Denmark? I don't know. It was uh, his Ra- hat trick in the World Cup didn't really fool me. I don't think he's that good of a striker. Okay. And the I problem like him. with negotiating I'm with, uh, sure with like
0: Benfica uh, is you have to pay the release clause and that's no if, ands, or buts. Yeah, fuck that shit, honestly. I mean, because really, these are the strikers that are available, right? Oshimon, Kulamwani, Vlahovic, Thurin, Gonzalo Ramos. You might be able to get like a Jonathan David, but not as a starter. Like, everyone that's starter worthy, you're taking a freaking huge gamble on, except for Harry Kane. That's the
1: problem, right? Actual nine. I mean, honestly, Harry Kane is still a gamble in his own. In his own right, because, in his
0: own ways,
1: yes. Yeah, because he's he's well. First of all, he's English, which you know that's not really the best best history, especially when you're 29 and you've played your entire career in the prem and you've achieved nothing. Which I'm not saying it's his fault, but it's just it's just it's just the reality. He he hasn't really achieved anything in the prem, um, and just. Him adapting in La Liga, I don't know if it's possible for him to adapt to adapt in La Liga. It's it's very difficult to adapt to La Liga. Like I said, when you've played your entire career in in, in the Prem, it's difficult, it's difficult. But he's he's still a top striker. And but the problem is still you're gonna pay a shit load of money for like a twenty nine year old. He's gonna be thirty by the time you buy him anyway. Um, which is fine, but you're still it's still very risky, but it's a risk I guess I'm willing to take. It's definitely better than, uh, having the having to you know throw away an entire season because you can't find anyone to sign. You know.
0: So how much would you be willing to pay for Harry Kane? Most.
2: Um,
0: Actually, let me like, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. How much would you, knowing how well Benzema played for these past, since Ronaldo left, how much would you have been willing to pay for Kareem Benzema knowing that he was going to leave at the age of 35 and that he was going to put up the numbers he did, BDR, all of it all? How much would you have paid for Kareem?
1: I would have paid 65 mil for Benzema. That's it, yeah.
0: Even though he won a Ballon d'Or,
1: even though he's won a Ballon d'Or,
0: all of it. You would only paid sixty five. All of it.
1: Yeah. I would have paid like one fifty. One fifty mil.
0: Yeah. For everything that we won since Ronaldo left, yeah, hundred percent. So when I put it into perspective like that, right, and then I look at Harry Kane, and I'm not saying Harry Kane's going to win the ball in the or, but I would pay a hundred for that. I wouldn't pay 150 for that, but I would probably, if like I, I would go to Daniel Lovey, be like, look, here's 80. He's got one year remaining on his contract. He's 30. He's 30. Cause he turns 30 in July. He's 30. Here's 80 mil. He says, get the fuck out of here. I said, okay, here's a hundred mil. That's as high as I'll go. I can just get him for free next year. You don't like it. I mean, or you can sell him to one of your Premier League rivals, which will likely knock you out of European contention, which then loses you more money. You know, like, you know, I don't think Daniel Levy thinks like that. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, like, selling him to Real Madrid would be the smart thing for him to do. Because then he can yeah, use that smart. money. Go buy. He could go sign someone to replace Harry Kane. It's not even like Harry Kane's all that good. Like uh, he's a beast. Don't get me. I'm like I'm not saying he's not that good, but like it's not like he's not replaceable. You know what I'm saying? Like there are players out there that could replace him.
1: I mean, the problem Especially is the fact is, that
0: you have Hung Ming Song on the left left wing still.
1: I, the problem still remains Harry Kane himself because, like I said, you don't really know if he wants to play here or if he's willing to push. A couple of years ago, Man City wanted him and he wanted to go but he did nothing about it. He skipped training for like one session, one training session, and then Daniel Levy told him, yeah, no, we're not going to sell you, and then he said, okay, that's fine, I'm going to stay. He put up zero fight Um. I mean, but had he had he gone to Man City, Man City maybe would have Erling Haaland would have been a Real Madrid player by now. But yeah, you know, that's that. I mean, that's pretty relevant right now. But I mean, like I just I, he turned down Byron as well, so I'm not really hopeful that no. even if we do make an effort to sign Harry Kane, that he would be willing to come here. He's just another Englishman wanting to succeed in the Prem because. Because they they've been fed this prem. Dream. I mean, I guess he wants to. Maybe he wants to win the. Maybe he wants to win a trophy with Spurs before he leaves, which is you know, which is a dream um of, of itself. Which is pretty pathetic, for being honest, but I don't know. I, I don't really know don't if know. I if
0: I had one option. There's one player we haven't even talked about, and because we haven't even been mentioned with this player, there has to be a reason that we haven't been mentioned with this player. But I would just go to Julian Alvarez and be like, "Dude, what do you want? Like, what? Like, I'll make you the starting nine at Madrid. What do you want? You come in starter, not undisputed, but you're the starter. Like, you know, if you hit rough form, we can't keep you in there. But you know, you're gonna be the starter from day one. What do you want?" He's probably not going to ask for an outrageous wage. He's not, you know. Look, you, you won a Champions League as a backup striker. You you know, you you got just got, you know, you got paid. You did all you needed to do. You won a World Cup. Like, come to Real Madrid. Be the starter. Be the nine. We want you to be the, you know, Benzema replacement. Because he could be. He has all the qualities to be. I would do, I, I would talk to Julian Alvarez like that. And the fact that the club hasn't is semi-concerning in a sense, especially considering that we already have ties to Julian Alvarez.
1: I mean, I honestly have no idea. I mean, it's not really about Julian himself. It's just about negotiating with Manchester City. They're not going to let him go. It's, a, it's impossible to let that they would let him go. I don't think they're going to do it.
0: Yeah, but they usually don't hold people, like, you know, they're losing, like, half their squad already this summer. Gundogan's gone. Kyle Walker wants yeah, to get buy our... You know.
1: Yeah, but guys leaving on a free deal. It's not really their choice anymore.
0: No, I know, but my point being is that, like, usually they don't hold people captive.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying that they're going to hold them captive, but they're going to ask for, like, 250 mil to let him go or some shit.
0: I don't know. Maybe if he asked for it, they you know, they didn't hold Ferran Torres captive. My point being Who? is that like Fr Torres?
1: Yeah, but they did ask for like sixty mil for a bum and Barcelona happily paid it. They got fifty. And still probably like twenty mil too much.
0: Probably, but basically you know, like he was a, a he was a hot
1: hot commodity.
0: Uh <sighs> He was a hot commodity out of Valencia, he was a what? so hot commodity out of Valencia. He was linked with everybody; everybody wanted him, and you know now he's a bum. I
2: mean, I get.
1: I think they're gonna keep Alvarez as an as an in, a, in, a shirt, in case Erling Haaland leaves, because you just never know. what yeah, that's well, I well,
0: I was gonna say. That's the reason that they have Julian Alvarez is because they're like, look, Holland's probably going to leave in two years. But, you know, if we pick up if we pick up Julian Alvarez now, I mean, they might not feel as threatened to let, you know what I'm saying? Because who, who else is Holland going to go to? Either Barcelona or us. That's really about it.
1: And I don't want him in Barcelona, so.
0: Well and the thing is I actually i don't know if you read those tweets. I don't know if it was by Lissetta Rubia or who it definitely wasn't but it was by uh the novellas guy on Twitter and he was talking about that uh Florentino doesn't really care about mbappe that much. he just doesn't want him to go to Barcelona or a city. That's really the problem
1: was it Icelandic? I think he sent me that thread
0: maybe he maybe he's maybe he said it was one of those guys that have great opinions and are very like. Well, they do a good job of putting their thoughts down. Um, But, yeah, I mean, and maybe that's part of the reason why we're still linked with Mbappe, and, you know, that does make sense. You know, you don't want to see a Dino (laughs) 2.0, you know what I'm saying, where we let Dinho go to Barcelona and they just cooked us for, what, like five years?
1: Oh, God. I mean, we just we all just have a problem with Mbappe. He's just a, he's just a brat. We didn't I didn't expect him to be a brat, but he is a fucking brat.
0: He, this he is what happens is.
1: when you give someone
0: everything at such a young age.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I said it I said it in a tweet, I said I didn't I didn't really think Mbappe was like that from the beginning. I honestly think PSJ just a toxic environment, just being surrounded by players like players Lamar. like Neymar just fucking changed it. And just all he cares about now is fucking money because his career is pretty irrelevant right now.
0: Would you take Neymar as a nine?
1: God uh, no.
0: No. Just curious. You know, I just take don't just don't know these Neymar options out there. No, me neither, but
1: you know. If if you could get Neymar just to calm
0: down just a little bit, I'd be like, yeah, bring up this. <laughs> you just can't get Neymar to do anything you want. The, anything that Neymar doesn't want to do, Neymar's not gonna do. Um, I think we've kind of exhausted this topic. Went through pretty much every single option and we said no to everybody. So um <laughs> let's let's get to the signings now. You know, let's get to the good stuff. Oh, do you want to talk about uh Castilla's game yesterday at all? We, did, we kind and of you just know, talked about the Barstow athletic with game. Is not really is yesterday's
1: game. He, he, uh, he just he has too much power. They they just gave him too much power, and now he just, he he thinks he's God. He really does think that he's God. I don't understand why he wants to stay there for another year. He'd be basically wasting another another year from his you know um, from his career. He, like I said before, his career basically peaked. When he was 18, when he won the World Cup, and he had that amazing World Cup. Ever since then, his career's been downhill. I don't care how many goals he scored then; it's pretty irrelevant. Unless he, you know he, unless he wins the UCL or wins Ballon d'Or, it's pretty irrelevant. You know, it's it's pretty. His career has been irrelevant for a while, and he's watching. Um, the likes of Vinicius Junior and Holland lift, um, lift UCL uh, while he's just he's playing in a league that no one gives a fuck about, and he's winning it pretty much every year. He doesn't give a fuck about it. He the, his own club doesn't give a fuck about league 1. They basically sack every manager for winning league um. Uh, Did you like see the
0: he, new PSG coaches?
1: Did
0: I see what? Do you see who the new PSG coach is?
1: Um, I last one I heard was Diego Marta, or not? What is his name, Diego Mota?
0: Luis Enrique. Luis Enrique is the new PSG coach.
1: Is it official?
0: Uh, Le Présion said it, which is literally like a Qatar spokesperson. So I'm guessing it's pretty true. Interesting. Yeah, him and Mbappe are not going to get along very very well, so I don't see him lasting a se- more than a season.
1: Enrique? Yeah. I mean, he's not going to last for next season if he doesn't win the Champions League. We know that's their goal. Like I said, they don't give a fuck about League 1. They don't give a fuck about Spanish or uh, French Cup. They don't give a fuck about any domestic trophy whatsoever. They only care about European trophies, which, you know, they basically went to the final once, and just nothing since then.
0: Uh, any other talking points about the striker position, or have we exhausted that?
1: Nope. Uh,
0: Do you want to talk about quickly about Castilla, how they're one game away from promotion, and then get into the signings?
1: I mean, I think we. Add, I mean, for me, I've already said everything that I needed to say about Castilla. Okay, that's fine. Signs.
0: I just didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to say. Um other than the fact that they looked like crap against the game the last game and now they have to go play that Eld Eldense, I don't I guess that's how you say it, um at away. So, it's going to be a tough go, but they can do it. Um and now let's get into the three new signings that we have. Uh do you who do you want
1: to start out with? I mean, let's start from top down. No, not top, okay. from Let's talk from the from uh from Brahim and and then we'll, uh,
0: we'll talk. Yeah. About, uh, I'm cool with that. I'd, Brahim so Brahim, I'm a I'm I'm yeah. a big fan of Brahim. He's someone that I liked a lot. I liked a lot when he has a city. I think he's a fantastic player. I thought he got the short end of the stick in a lot of times. Um, if Rodrigo wasn't Brazilian and brought on for as much money as he was. I think there would have been more of a debate on who needed to go out on loan at the time. Um, Because I thought Brahim was very good under Zidane, actually, and he's someone that I think could do very well under Ancelotti. He's someone that ever since getting COVID has been quite inconsistent for Paoli, but Paoli's always had... um, He's always liked him, even though they brought CDK. He still played more minutes than than him. He held down that 10-roll for a good... The AC Milan team it won the league last year and though didn't really put up much of a fight this year, they did get to the UCL semifinals. Um, he's someone I like a lot. They don't really have a, you know, the nine at Milan isn't really that good. So, you know, Yeah. Um, just a, just a good player. Someone that's a good dribbler. I wonder how his, how much of a play, how much he's changed from, you know Madrid, where he was in City, where he was always a winger, until he got moved to the ten role at Milan, and now he's going to be playing wing again, likely. Um, probably be our backup right winger. Um, I'm very excited to see the player he's become and see how much he can grow as a player because I think he's someone that could easily be the twelfth man off the bench for us.
1: I mean, honestly, I have a, I have faith in Brahim, probably more than anybody. I had faith in Ceballos, and he turned out great um, when people just kept saying that he's shit. I believe that the same thing's going to happen with Brahim. People are dismissing that signing, saying that he's not good, that he's trash, blah, blah, blah. People who probably haven't seen him with uh, Milan I think he played great with Milan. A lot of people are saying that he didn't, but I mean, for for what for what it is, he he had a he had great moments with Milan. I mean, that's basically why they wanted to keep him. But um, overall, I think Brahim is just an amazing player, and I think he's gonna be a great right winger. I don't really like him as a I count. I think I, he'd be best to play at wide, just to take advantage of. His amazing skills and amazing dribbling and his speed. He needs to work on his finishing, which is something that is, which is something that uh, Carla and Shilotti can work a lot on, because he could he could do whatever that he did with Vinicius to Brahim, and we're gonna have two killer wingers. I believe that Bra- Brahim can succeed here. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm honestly I'm really excited to see him. I love him as a player.
0: He's also very dull footed as well, yeah, which is nice um I'm very excited to see what brahim brings, and you know what if he flops, we sell him. It's no big deal, you know, like I think he's a lot more versatile as a player, you know, like he i think he's a very good line breaker, I think his versatility is he might not be a better player than Asensio in some aspects, but he is a better player than Asensio and more at, you know, like Asensio scoring is significantly better and it's something that we're going to miss this year. We're going to miss Asensio's goals. You know, Asensio wasn't scoring against the top of La Liga or big games in Champions League, but Asensio was scoring helping us beat mid to low table La Liga teams. He was a great, you know, you could start him against those games and play well. He'd usually score a goal. You know, we're going to need Brahim to match that output.
1: I mean my idea is um Brahim might not score as many goals as Asensio did but he will contribute the same even more as Asensio. He's a good creator. So maybe he'll not get uh, a lot of goals and assists but he will get a ton of pieces. He will he's a he's um, a great
0: line breaker. He's a great dribbler.
1: Yeah, I mean if if, if you if you sub him on against Hitafe for example, he's He's gonna break through their defense, no problem. He's gonna he's gonna create he's gonna create, create problems, create goals, create chances, which is something that we truly. I mean, who's he doing Brahim as as subs against Hetafe? That's that's awesome, man. Honestly, I'm excited to see that. That would that's gonna be that's gonna help us win the league next season more than anything.
0: I agree. I think, especially in a low block, I think, um, I think Brahim will do more damage against a low block than Asensio ever could.
1: Yeah. Great.
0: Um, Moving on to Fran. i love the Fran signing. I know we talked about it just a little bit, probably more than a little bit, but I think we've needed a proper attacking left back. He had an, he had some of the most take ons in La Liga we got him for 5 mil. Five, no wonder we never went and got Sergio Reguilon for 30 mil. We got Fran for 5 mil. Um, a kid that, you know, probably not a lot of people saw becoming as good as he has been. And he's been one of the best left backs in La Liga this year. I, I would even argue the best left back in La Liga. Um, maybe Jose Guy has been better. Maybe some might say Balde has been better. But for me, Fran Garcia, was, he was everything for that Ryo team. Um, and now we have him at Madrid, and now Kamavinga can slot into his real natural position. You know, if we had Fran going against Bernardo Silva in that last, in the city second leg, things probably would have ended differently for us.
1: I mean, honestly, I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of Fran. He's very quick. He's, he, he's very good at crossing. He's just a, the perfect left back um, for Real Madrid, and he's going to help. Vinicius so very much because just the fact that we've lived so for so long without an attacking left back and just having to having to survive with Ferland Mendy who gets injured every five games, if that. Um, yeah, it was really difficult. It was it was it was very difficult. Uh, Fran is going to be a difference maker for for next season. I I project that he's going to be. One of our top three players for next season. Just because we 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 use the left uh, the left side so much, it's pretty inevitable that him and Vinicius are gonna make it a, a great partnership. He's been, I mean, in top five leagues, he's he's made the most um he's made the most carries. Um, him and Vinicius both. Um, so they're gonna wreak havoc on the left side, and i I'm I'm, I'm here for it. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to watch them together.
0: Yeah, and I, I just I'm I'm so excited to just see what these two guys can bring to the team and how they can help raise the ceiling of the team. Um I do think the team since the UCL has proportionally gotten better every single year. And, you know, it's Many. hopefully he can take another step forward. You know, maybe maybe we try it. Maybe sometimes we go with a double pivot of Kamavinga, Many, and Bellingham in the ten. You know, maybe that's where we where we need to be. Looking, you know, maybe that's maybe that's our future right now. Um, moving on, if you have nothing else to add about Fran, I think we've we've talked a lot about Fran, you know, uh, Bellingham, the big name gets brought in, and we still have a ton of money to potentially spend. Um, but Jude Bellingham comes in and world class player, world class signing. I know you and I both were against it for some time, but you know. We've also said multiple times that we trust Judy Califat. We trust Real Madrid. You know, if they say something, we, we, we have zero reason to doubt them because, you know, how many times have they been wrong? Have they been wrong? Sure, but they're wrong less. They're way right more than they're way wrong. Um, so Jude Bellingham gets brought, and, you know, it's a huge market value where this kid turns down all the prem clubs for Real Madrid. Number five, from his idol, Zidane. And, you know, the thing is, is I was sold the moment I watched the press conference. I was all in. Like, if I if I was gambling, playing blackjack, and I had a million dollars, and my hand was Jude Bellingham, I'm fucking pushing all my chips in. That, that kid sold me in the press conference. The maturity, the way he spoke, everything. For a 19-year-old, that's insane. Insane.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I watched it. Um, the press the conference. I was really impressed with how mature he was. He's only nineteen, but he's talking like a twenty twenty-eight year old. You know, he's he. Yeah, I mean, he was Bruce Dortmund's captain at nineteen, which is which just shows
0: how well, how when Marco Royce wasn't there.
1: Yeah, when Marco Royce, which you know,
2: There's a lot, uh, is a Sadly. lot. Uh,
1: so so yeah, I mean, I was like I said, I was really impressed with what he said. He seems to have the Real Madrid DNA of just understanding that winning is everything, right? And if you don't win, you're gonna get criticized. But and and that is something that 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 I. I really appreciate because a lot of players come here and think um, that they can play like shit and nothing will happen and then fans will support them but that is not true at all if you play like shit if you don't win you're gonna get booed and you're gonna get shot on right so for him for a 19 year old to understand that he's playing for the best club in the world and and that um, and that Man City I mean he said it but Man City Winning UCL last season means that Real Madrid should be motivated to win UCL next year. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's just—he's an incredible player, great mentality, and you know, he, he's gonna learn from Cristiano Ronaldo for next season. So we're we're in for a for an amazing player, honestly. He's, he's gonna be the best but he's not—he's not, in, he's not in, a finished mean, product it, by
0: any means. Like, no, he's I mean, got a lot of stuff he has to work on. Um, His passing, like, I mean, he's the not, thing, like,
1: the, a, the, the, Like, the thing good. is, we have so many midfielders who just are still developing, which, like mm-hmm. I said, I mean, that is why having Luka and Cruz for one more season is so... is good for us, because these players are going to learn from them. And with Ben, with Benzema, I'm like that's why I'm I'm so I'm so glad that Nacho stayed. Like if, if had we lost Benzema and Nacho, and then Modric and then Cruz, our club is gonna just be full of teenagers uh, who just have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Um, you uh, just you need captains, you need role models, you need players with experience just to learn from. And, you know, like I was saying,
0: he's got a lot of stuff he's got to work on. His passing really need. I mean, he's really got to work on his passing. His passing isn't, you know, anywhere near where it needs to be. Um, His cross field switches are very sloppy, which is something we utilize a lot. You know, um, our defenders use – you know, Militao uses it. Alibi uses it. Cruz uses it. Modric uses it. Kamavinga uses it. You know what I'm saying. Marcelo used to use it. Danny Hall uses it. Like we hit a lot of crossfield switches, and his are very loopy and in the air, and it allows people to uh, close down that area. So he really needs to work on that. Um, his like he's not. He doesn't really play like killer through balls, like you know Cruz and Modric can play. Um, and even Kamavinga tries to play, and Danny Ceballos plays. So you know he's he's to, you know. A lot of the Bundesliga is playing on the counter. And though in big games, he'll be very useful for us because he's great on the counter. Against these low blocks, he's a great dribbler. But against these low blocks, the ball moves faster than you can run. So, you know, a lot of breaking down a low block is passing, especially hitting cross-field switches. So it's something he's really, really going to have to work on. And, you know, it's that's why it's great to have these guys. Um, around him, you know, how many, who, who can't play a killer pass out of the midfielders we have? All of them can, right? Like Fede, how many, think about how many balls Fede has played that have been like put onto a fucking platter for Vinicius running into space. You know what I'm saying? Like Bellingham doesn't have that in his repertoire yet. He needs to develop that. And once he develops that, he's going to be the best midfielder in the world. He's really good at driving late into the box. He's good with both feet. He's great at scoring. He's great at dribbling. He's good on the counter. He's very strong even for his age. He's good in tight areas like his one touch. But that passing, that's the one that's my one grief with him. And actually my not my one grief. I have another grief, the big game player. I never really see him play well in big games. I'm done with my rant. If you have anything that you want
1: to add. Honestly, i like I I personally haven't seen much of Jude Billingham. Um, I've seen him in the World Cup, I've seen him in a couple of games uh with Dortmund. Um his, his stats are pretty honest, are pretty amazing for a midfielder of his, of his age. Um he is still a raw talent, so to speak, but he has a lot of exp- he still has a lot of experience for a player of his age. So playing for a club like Real Madrid and loading some of the best players in the world, he's m- maybe he won't he won't have a spectacular first season. I don't know how much he's going to play in, in his first season, but may like it, he's a player that you're gonna. Maybe you'll get to start seeing just how good he is this year, but in the next couple of years, maybe next three years, he's gonna be probably the best player, probably the best midfielder in the world. Maybe maybe he'll be the best player. I don't know, but I'm sure that he's gonna be the best player and the best midfielder um, in Real Madrid. Him and Camavinga, Honestly, I have a lot of hope on. Kamavinga and Bellingham playing together, I think that's going to be probably the best uh, midfield duo in the world. And and if you add in Mani to that mix, they're going to be dangerous, dangerously good.
0: Yeah, I mean, just... And I don't mean to say that what I'm saying is... I'm not trying to knock him. I'm just trying to reel in the expectations. You know what I'm saying? Like He's not going to come in and be... He's, he's not going to come in and be our best midfielder. I'm not even sure if he's better than Kamavinga at this point in time. But we have seen Fede develop a lot. We've seen Kamavinga develop a lot. And I'm, I'm, we're going to see a huge jump from Chua this season. I think. Cruz and Modric are going to take is going to take Bellingham under their wing, just like Bellingham said. He said he literally said in the press conference. He said I'm going to get I'm going to I'm going to get all the information I can from them. He said they're going to be annoyed with me by with me within a week. Said so they're gonna there's going to be they're not going to want to talk to me because he wants to learn. He wants to get better, and that's why this kid's going to be the best midfielder in the world. It has nothing to do what he can do, what he can't do. It's because he's he tries to improve day in and day out. And that's why he's gonna he's gonna develop these things. But I want to point it out because I have watched a lot of vi- video analysis on him recently, kind of preparing for this podcast. And as you know, I did tune into a lot of Bundesliga this year. Um, one, preparing for the Jude signing, and two, because my boy Chabi Alonso's there, and I I think it's a really interesting. Um. But La Liga is, like, the opposite of the Bundesliga. It is, Like, if there were two polar opposites of leagues, it would be the Bundesliga and La Liga. Lots of low blocks, very defensive, very technical. Bundesliga, very open, counterattacking, very just straightforward football. Like, very tactical, you know. Press, win the ball up high up the pitch, concede, still press. You know, like, that's Bundesliga football. While the La Liga is like we're scoring a goal on a counter. We're going to hit the ball over the top and then we're going to sit into We're going to put 11 guys behind the ball and we don't give a fuck. And that's going to that's going to be a huge adjustment for Jude.
1: Well, I it mean, it's definitely a, a a big leap and it's different and you know not a lot of Bundesliga players coming in you know, come to La Liga and succeed because Bundesliga is pretty open. La Liga is the complete opposite. You barely find any spaces to run into. You barely find any spaces to to play through balls or even make a or, make, or even make a normal pass, really, um, which is why you always. You, need to be creative which is why players like Cruz and Modric have been so successful here because they always find ways to to to, to be creative and and make a pass that a, a to and to make a, a through a through ball or a pass that the defenders would just not predict um I, still have a you know I, I I just hope that he learns from these players and and that he adapts pretty quickly to the to the league i do I do think that he has the attributes and the abilities to succeed here,
0: yeah, um, I don't really have anything else to add about Jude except I'm excited to see the kid um I can't wait, I still think the club needs to make. I would love to see a right-back signing. That's just not going to happen until one of Danny Carvajal or Lucas Vasquez leave. But um, right now we have four attackers. So we really need to see uh, – we need another nine. I, I'm cool if you bring a – if a reboss is that sixth guy um, and Alvaro is the, the third striker. But we need another – we need another uh, striker in the squad for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can definitely agree on that. I I think going into next season without a a, a decent striker is a risk, especially when you have a midfield that is so stacked that pretty much every single player in that midfield can start. Every club. The biggest club. Except for maybe like City. But you have an attack that's, you know. Dude, I mean. Who 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 doesn't start for City for my midfield? Especially that the, I don't the know. I was just saying
0: that, like maybe maybe that's the only squad that you could argue that they wouldn't get into. That's what I'm saying. Could argue.
1: Yeah, not even their their own, their own backup midfielders get into mm-hmm. their uh, starting midfield. I, it, it's hilarious, to I mean, it? Calvin like, Calvin Phillips I haven't even seen the pitch in so long. Hilarious, dude.
0: For sure. Anything else you want to touch on?
1: Mm -mm. Not really. Yeah, I'm good as well. Um, We should
0: probably try to reconvene in a week or so, maybe after the Castilla game. Um, Thanks for listening. Hala Madridi and Adamas, go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, La Casa Blanca Pod. Thank you all for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your week.